It's the moment you've been waiting for. You get an inquiry for a photography session and you're ready to jump at the chance. But after you pour your heart and soul into your response, you hear nothing in return. Does that sound familiar? If it does, you're not alone. And in this episode, I'm going to share my top tips for auditing your photography inquiry process and your response so that you can get more bookings. When you add in these specific tips, this process, along with kind of my personal experience, I have no doubt that you will be booking more clients in no time. Welcome to the From Better Half to Boss podcast. I'm Tavia Redburn, and on this show, I share how I retired my husband from his nine to five with my birth photography business, all while homeschooling my three kids. If you have a passion, there is a reason. It's because you were made to follow that passion. It's your time to go from better half to boss. Hey y'all, I'm Tavia and I help photographers learn how to specialize and get fully booked with ideal clients so they can go full time. Students learn this through the beauty and birth photography certification and through marketing school for photographers. So I'm excited to talk about this today because I recently had a student inside of the beauty and birth photography ask me a question about inquiries, and I thought it was really good. And I also thought a lot of you might be dealing with this as well. So I wanted to bring it onto the podcast. Basically, she said, I'm losing people at the inquiry. Like after they respond, I'm not hearing back from them. So I want some feedback on my inquiry reply, like what I'm saying to them after they inquire. And before we dig into her um, inquiry response, I'm actually going to read it on the podcast and like break it down and tell you what I would do differently. I want to share kind of how I've refined my inquiry process over the years, because it's true what they say about first impressions, right? First impressions really do matter. And this is kind of your first impression with this potential client. And so I have refined my process over the years based on experience and kind of just trial and error. I used to include full pricing on my website, like literally everything, how much my 8x10s, how much digital files were, my packages, everything. And my inquiry response as a result was very technical. I would just assume like they've already seen my pricing. So I would say, hey, thanks for inquiring for this type of session. I am available. Here's how to book. Like very um, cut and dry. Then I started to realize the importance of building relationships before talking numbers. And we could have a whole other podcast episode on if you should include pricing on your website. But I started to realize as I raised my prices that it was important for me to build relationships with people before throwing numbers at them. So I started to make my inquiry response a way that I could get people on the phone to build a relationship, get to know them, get to know what they wanted, and then talk pricing. Now, let me tell you, I hate talking on the phone. I am such a true millennial in that way. Like I would much rather text or talk via email than talk on the phone. But I did it because experts were telling me at the time, like that was the way to get um, luxury bookings and high-end bookings. And I do think there's value in getting on the phone with people. But just as a sidebar, I'm here to tell you that it's your business and don't do something that you hate doing. If you're like me and you're like, I do not want to get on the phone, 
I think now looking back, there are other ways I could have accomplished that relationship building piece without doing something in my business that I really hated and ultimately wasn't sustainable for me because I didn't continue doing it. So then my business started getting busy enough that I kind of created a little bit of a hybrid inquiry process. I would respond to their email with an email and try to build a relationship through the inquiry process. Um, But I had also intentionally been building relationships with people online with my brand so that when a lot of people inquired, they're what I would call a super hot lead. Like they were really ready to book. And as a result of that brand that I had created online, I started including my pricing PDF on that first inquiry. So Including the pricing PDF is not something I would recommend doing if you're brand new to business, but it is something that I started to do as my brand and business grew. And I honestly kind of just needed to like weed people out. I would include the pricing PDF. So that's a little bit of my journey um, and how I landed on the process that I have today. But I want to break down how I answered this student's question about how she was losing people on the inquiry and what to do, and also talk about why I answered it the way that I did, so that if you're facing a similar issue of getting ghosted when people inquire, you can figure out how and why to fix it. Of course, naturally, there are always going to be kind of ebbs and flows with the number of inquiries that you get and how many of them actually book. Unfortunately, over the years, I've really not been able to find a specific rhyme or reason as to why some months you'll get a huge number of inquiries and a large percentage of them book and other months There's no inquiries or very few, or if there are, they're just like the wrong people that are not booking. It's just kind of the nature of the business, to be honest, and it always happened in my photography business. So just keep that in mind as well. If you're like, man, there has been such a lull of people booking, or I'm getting the inquiries and they're not booking, um, look at your business as a whole in the last six to 12 months and get your data from that versus just looking at the last month because there are just naturally going to be ebbs and flows in business. But there are three key insights that you need to monitor about your inquiry process. So I want to look at some things that I'm always looking at in my inquiry process and for my students. And we're going to break down her inquiry response as well. So here are some things. I hope that you can write this down. If you're driving, hopefully you can write it down later. But some things to look at at your inquiry process. First of all, what percentage of inquiries are actually hiring you? Like an actual number or percentage? Because sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm getting all these inquiries, but people aren't hiring me. And you guys know that I am big on data. So I want you to know for your business, what's the actual percentage of people who inquire, but don't book or who inquire and do book. For example, if you got 10 inquiries last month and five of them ended up booking, you would have a 50% booking rate, right? 50% of the 10 people ended up actually booking. So that's the first thing to know and start tracking because I always want us to come at like changes in our business based on data and not feelings. That is so important. I'm going to say that again. It's so important to come at decisions in your business. If you want to change things, making those decisions based on data and not feelings. 
So looking at how many people are actually booking and what's the percentage. And honestly, you guys, anything over 50% is really, really good. The second kind of key metric that I want you to look at in your inquiry process, in addition to the percentage of inquiries that are actually hiring you, is what's the temperature of the people that are inquiring? What's the temperature of the people that are inquiring about hiring you? Now, we've gotten all different types of temperatures of people that inquire, people that are either super warm and they know you and they're ready to book. Like right when they inquire, they're like, how do I book? All the way to really, really cold people who have never heard of you and they just Googled you and found you and they're saying like, how much for the digitals, right? So I like to think about inquiries in three different buckets. The first is that super hot inquiry, like, oh, my midwife told me I had to hire you and I'm ready to book. Like, where do I sign? Obviously, that's a super hot inquiry. A warm inquiry would be somebody who says, like, I've been following you for a while. I just found out I'm pregnant and I want more information on the process and pricing. That person is a very warm inquiry and are also pretty likely to book because they're familiar with you from following you. Now, a cold inquiry is somebody who, you know, maybe was a referral from a friend or saw you on Facebook or Googled you and found you. And they might message you and say, like, hey, how much for the digital files? right? That person doesn't know you and they're mainly thinking about price and they're going to take a little more time to warm up. So when you're looking at the percentage of people actually hiring you, also consider, were they super hot? Were they warm or were they cold? That matters too. Okay. So you're tracking the percentage of people that are hiring you, right? As well as their temperature, Are they super hot? Are they warm or are they cold? And the third metric that I want you to monitor in your inquiry process is do you have a starting price on your website? When you're monitoring all these other things, start tracking how much information am I giving before they inquire? Do they have any idea about how much they can plan to spend with me? Do I have a starting price? Do I have a range of prices? Do I have my full pricing? And there's really no right or wrong here. I just want you to start tracking like, is this helping conversions or hurting conversions? And when you're tracking these three things, let's say every month, it's easier to go back and look and see what's actually working in your process and what could stand to be tweaked or refined. Okay, so let's actually dig into her inquiry response piece by piece, and I'll tell you kind of my thoughts and what I would change um, or what I like about it. So the first part of her inquiry response says, thanks for reaching out. I would love the opportunity to work with you. Tell me a little about yourself. Is this your first baby? When are you due? Okay, so that's the first little part. And I actually really like this because If the goal, which it always has been for me, is to build a relationship and get to know this person a little bit uh, before you're just throwing prices at them, then you want to give them an opportunity and ask them really specific questions about themselves, which is exactly what she did here in the beginning, which I love. Okay, the next part of what she said is a little about me. I'm a certified professional birth photographer in XYZ City, and I specialize in photographing maternity, birth, and babies. So pretty much all things motherhood, that's my jam. 
Okay, so I love this part because this qualifies this photographer and shows that she knows what she's doing and that she specializes in the type of session that this client is inquiring about. So love that part. The next part says, my maternity sessions are all about making you feel beautiful and documenting your growing belly and family during this amazing time in your life. We will most likely be outdoors in a field, in the mountains, in some water somewhere, or just somewhere in nature. I have a client closet full of maternity dresses that you're welcome to borrow for your session, and most of them are designed for sizes 4 to 14-ish pre-pregnancy. You're welcome to try them on first too. I run a pretty laid back ship and I fully expect this to be a very relaxed experience for you and your family. No stress, no pressure to perform, just fun. Okay, that was a lot to like read on the podcast, but I wanted to read it because I actually really like all of this information because it shows the professionalism and the experience that this photographer brings to the table. It's very clear she knows what she's doing. She knows what she's talking about, right? And this is important. It starts to tell me as the um, inquirer, as the potential client, this is not going to be cheap. Like she knows what she's doing. She has a client closet. She obviously has experience going to a lot of different locations. Um, She wants to make this an experience. Like everything that she said in this inquiry template is telling me that this probably isn't going to be cheap. She's creating an experience and building the value of the session and experience. And I know that I want to pause for a second because I know that a lot of times you probably hear people say like, oh, it's all about building the value, like show the value before you give your price. And it's like, okay, but how do I do that? Right? This is a really good example of how to do that. The way that she described what her sessions are like, how they run, what the locations will be like, what her client closet is available, like all of those things, those start to build the value. Okay. The next part of the email says, I've attached my pricing PDF in case you haven't seen it yet. And then she goes on to talk about um, the deposit and her clients sometimes choose a payment plan. And she's like talking about the details of actually booking her. And I think that this is where you start to lose people because up to this point, you've, you know, asked them about themselves. You have um, explained the value of what you offer and shown a little bit of your experience and the value you bring. But now you're getting into the technicalities of how to book and how to pay and look at this pricing stuff. And it starts to get them out of this like mindset of imagining what the session could be like and how beautiful it would be into logistics of like, how much is this going to cost? How much do I have to pay you right now? Et cetera. And so I think that this is where a lot of photographers mess up their inquiry and where they start to lose people. And honestly, this is something that later in my business, I did start adding because I wanted to naturally kind of weed people out. Um, But if you're in the position where you're like, I don't want to weed people out, I want as many bookings as possible, I would reconsider attaching the pricing PDF directly to your inquiry email. Instead, it could start to look like, okay, how can I just ask them about themselves and giving give them a starting price? Or how can I ask them about themselves and get them on the phone or get them on Zoom or record a video just explaining the process, right? There's so many different ways that you could go about it. And I think that if you're in a position where you're not booking the number of inquiries that you want, I would test removing this pricing PDF, removing giving the full pricing information on that first email. 
And it's not because you have anything to hide and it's not because it's some secret and you're trying to like pull the wool over people's eyes. It's simply because you need them to understand the value of what they're going to be getting from you before you're throwing a price tag in their face. The next part of her email um, response says, if you think we're a good fit, I'd love to chat more about what you're looking to get out of the session and what your vision is. Also, if you'd like to borrow a dress or two from my client closet, here's the link to check out what I have in there. Please let me know if you have any questions. That's how she ends the email. And I think that that's good, but there's a lot of ways we can make this a lot more strong. First of all, the call to action is please let me know if you have any questions. That's the last thing that she says in this email. And I think that's way too vague. I want to, I want you to ask these people a very specific question that will get them to respond. Like, do you want to hop on a call and learn more about my sessions? Do you want to go ahead and book your session? Like what's the very, very clear exact next step that you want this inquiry to make? Of course it's to book with you, right? But what needs to happen before that? If you want her to tell you about herself, why don't you directly ask? So please tell me about yourself and make that the very clear call to action in this email. Do you want them to read the pricing PDF? Make that the very clear call to action. Do you want to know if she has questions? Make that the very clear call to action. But because it ends with, please let me know if you have any questions. And she said all these other things in the email, it starts to make it confusing for the client to know what the next step is. So it'd be a really good starting point with your inquiry response email is thinking, okay, what's the next step I want them to take? And for a lot of you, I think that that's going to be either learning more about the sessions, hopping on a call with you, hopping on Zoom with you, um, meeting in person for a consultation, just so that you can share what booking with you looks like and talk up the value like this photographer has in this email. Um, I do like the final mention of the client closet. Like it's like a cool extra um, thing. But like I said, where are they supposed to go? What are they supposed to click on? Because there's been so many things for them to do. We recently started adding a very clear call to action at the end of our inquiry email that says, hit reply and say, I'm ready to book. Let's get my session on the schedule. It is so clear. It is so concise and it tells the inquiry exactly what to do. And you know what people do? They hit reply and they copy and paste what I said to say. And that's all their email says. And I know they got all the information. I know they read the information and that they're actually ready to book. So hopefully you can see the difference between that very clear call to action and saying something like, please let me know if you have any questions. See, getting ghosted after you pour your heart and soul into an inquiry response isn't uncommon, but it doesn't have to be the norm. So when you take what you learned in this episode and you actually apply it and you treat this episode like you paid for it, right? And you're auditing your inquiry response, you can significantly improve your chances of landing more bookings. 
And if you're in marketing school for photographers, I hope that you're tracking these things and bringing them to our Q&A calls. If you come to me and you say, okay, for six months I've been tracking, this is the percentage I'm booking, this is if I have my you know, um, pricing on my website, et cetera, we can start to dig in even deeper as to how to improve some of these numbers. But if you don't know the numbers, it's really hard and it's really just a guessing game for everyone involved to figure out why it is or isn't working. Okay, my friend, you have made it to the end of another episode. And hey, if this was helpful, it would mean the world to me if you shared this episode with your photography biz bestie. Like if you know somebody that would benefit from learning about inquiry processes and how to make them better, or maybe you have somebody that you want to co-work with to improve your inquiry response templates based on this episode, you can just text them a link or even just screenshot where you're listening to this podcast and text it over to them. It would mean so much to me if you shared this episode. And my friend, if you have a passion, it's not an accident because not everyone loves the thing that you love. So whatever your passion is, it is there for a reason. And I hope that you will get out there, pursue that passion and make it happen. Have a great week.